Welcome to episode 21 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, we have a big announcement to make that we know you'll love. Then on our top five list, you'll learn the secrets that Willie Nelson has known for years. Then the backpack hack of the week will combine chocolate, almond butter, and coconut in a way that is guaranteed to bring you joy. The backpackers Q&A will give you three options for freeze-dried meals, but you'll have to take the quiz to find out which one fits you. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Mr. John Keats. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. Well, let's not hold back. What's the exciting announcement? Well, this is something I've really been tumbling around in my brain for a while. So starting in May of 2015, we will begin airing evergreen episodes. And those evergreen episodes will air on the first Tuesday of each month and the entire episode will be devoted to one topic. So we'll really have the chance to get in depth, to really focus on a single subject, and it will be an episode that you can refer back to or you can share with others. It'll just be filled with really solid information. Yeah, the idea behind Evergreen is that each of these episodes will focus entirely on a single topic. We'll kind of attack it from different angles. We'll we'll use the different segments of the show that we usually have. It's just that they'll all revolve around this one topic. So because of that, this is the kind of episode that you might go back to later and listen to again. Someone who's new to the show might want to pick one of these episodes to listen to Uh, even if it's an episode that's a year old by the time they find our show. This will be one of those episodes that you can just return to that'll have just, that'll be packed with with great content all around a certain theme, really kind of digging into it. Well, should we give them a sneak peek of what's coming up? Yeah, we should. You've got a great list. Well, I'll tell you the first one that we're going to be doing in May is the Women and Backpacking episode. Well, men are always trying to figure out how to understand women. Oh, you're going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of the other ones that we have coming up are um, the gear and maintenance repair episode, which will be guaranteed to save you hundreds of dollars. We're going to have a water episode that will cover all things wet, everything from rain to purifying water to floods. It'll all just kind of tumble around in that episode. We're going to have a foot episode where we will talk about all things feet. So that includes foot care and socks and hiking boots and things like that. One that my kids are really looking forward to is the potty episode. When nature calls and you're in nature. We're we're bound to have some good jokes in that one. The the kids will demand it. (laughs) All right. Well, now you're all forewarned. We have the year planned out for these evergreen episodes and... We're very, very excited. With that exciting announcement, I think we are ready to move on to our top five list for today. Today's top five list is the top five uses for a cotton bandana. Wait, you said cotton? 
I know. On a backpacking show? I know. You know that saying, cotton kills? Yeah. Cotton is rotten. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, both of those are pretty common sayings among backpackers. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes cotton can be an incredible tool, specifically the humble cotton bandana made popular by Willie Nelson. When we say cotton kills, the reason is that cotton absorbs lots of water and it tends to hold on to it. And what happens is if you're outside and it's cold outside and you're wearing cotton, the cotton gets wet. Even if it's not raining or wet outside, the cotton will get wet just by soaking up the perspiration from your body. And then it holds on to it. And so then it acts like a great conductor of heat, just conducting the heat away from your body out into the environment. And so that's usually a drawback. It's usually dangerous to have that liability of cotton just being there, ready to soak up all your body heat and share it with the world around you. But once in a while, it can actually be handy. I saw um, I saw an ad recently. A company was advertising their down jackets. It's just an outdoor clothing company. And it was this, you know, really great looking guy and girl wearing these nice down jackets. And they were both wearing jeans. Oops. Oops. (laughs) They looked great, but um, it's not a smart mix. Yeah. Picture them out in the snow with their cotton jeans wicking up the moisture from uh, as they're trudging through the snow and their nice warm down jacket on top. (laughs) (laughs) Not a combination we recommend. No, not really. But the number one use for a cotton bandana would be a cooling towel in hot weather. Like Josh said, it wicks away the heat and the uh, just takes it right away from your body. And so if you are in a hot weather environment, if you're in the desert, you can soak that cotton bandana in water and put it on the back of your neck or put it on your head and you'll have a cooling towel that will retain that moisture and uh, take the heat away from your body. Yeah, so especially in hot, dry climates, then cotton is actually a great material to have. The number two use for a cotton bandana is a pre-filter for your water. Now, this is especially helpful if you come across water with visible floaties in it that you just don't want to have clog up your really nice water filter. And that's something you could either wrap around the bobber for your filter, like if you have a pump filter, just secure it with a piece of paracord or a rubber band. Or if you're using two containers to get water, you can put the bandana over your water bottle and scoop the water from the stream or the lake into your water bottle and have it filter that way. And then you'd want to treat your water after that. The number three use for the humble cotton bandana is as an all-purpose, moist, messy situation tool. Does that make sense? If you have a mess, like say uh, you have a a drippy nose or you have a first aid situation or you have mud on your boots, you can use this this little lightweight cotton bandana to just take care of that mess. The number four use for a cotton bandana is as a signal. Now you may not want to consider this as a like a life-saving signal like you would a whistle or a, a mirror, but this is just like a close range signal where 
If you have some friends that are ahead of you or behind you on the trail, if you have a bright bandana that you can hold up and just kind of wave, they'll be able to see that a lot better than they'll be able to see you. You'll be able to, you know, lift something up on a stick or, you know, maybe even attach it to your backpack or wear it on your head. Just so you have a bright flash of color that that your party can track you with or um, you can track your party with. On a trip with our kids a couple months ago, uh, all of the kids had bandanas. And, uh, uh, well, for one, it was really kind of cute, you know. So <laughs> each of them had it either, you know, around their neck or tied uh, over their hair on their head or, you know, however they decided to wear it. Uh, it did kind of provide some unity, I guess, you know, that uh, that, that the six of us were all together. And you're right, those uh, those bandanas kind of tend to, to stick out a little bit and make someone a little bit more noticeable. It worked for Willie Nelson. Everyone noticed him. Everyone does. And the number five use for a humble cotton bandana is if your trusty bandana has lived a good life and it's ready to go to that big campground in the sky, then you have my permission to use it as a fire starter. If it's not damp. <laughs> right. And it might be because it's cotton. It's cotton. Good chance it will be damp. <laughs> However... If you save that old bandana till you get home, there's another option that will give you even more use out of it. You can turn that old bandana into char cloth. Now the rule for char cloth is that it has to be made from plant fiber. So your bandana has to be true cotton. It can't be uh, polyester. Char cloth is a small swatch of fabric that's made from plant-based material and it's been converted through a process called pyrolysis, which looks like paralysis, but it's with an O. So hmm. pyrolysis, that means that your cotton bandana will turn dark black. So it ignites really quickly, burns slowly, and starts with even the smallest spark. Char cloth is made with the same concept as charcoal, where uh, they take something and get it really hot in a no oxygen environment. And because of that, the components of the material that would usually burn when they get hot in the presence of oxygen, they just get hot and sit there. And then everything else, all the quote unquote impurities, they all uh, evaporate out or, you know, they get burned out basically, leaving just the components that are gonna burn in contact with oxygen. That's why you get something really lightweight. You're left with just the flammable portion of the cotton and nothing else around it. So then it's, it's really easy to get it burning. Yeah, so that's a fun do-it-yourself thing that you can try with your old bandana. And just a warning, and I know cotton bandanas don't come with a warning label, <laughs> but if they did, it would say, warning, I have a very low UPF rating. So use bandanas as a last resort for sun protection. The UPF rating system measures the UV protection provided by fabric. You've probably seen it on a pair of hiking pants or maybe a hat or something. It's really similar to the SPF rating system that's used for sunscreens. So a garment with a UPF of 50 only allows 1 50th of the UV radiation that's hitting the surface of the garment to actually pass through it. So in other words, it blocks 49 50ths of the UV radiation, or 98%. And 
And cotton only has a UPF rating of between 5 and 10, depending on how thick the fabric is. Oh, don't make me do the math on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it still blocks a lot, right? You're talking 80 to 90 percent of of the UV rays get blocked. Yeah. But you also um, have to consider the weave of cotton bandanas. They're a really loose weave. Right. Yeah. It's just not nearly as as strong of a UPF factor as, um, you know, something that's really been designed for that purpose. Right. Well, have a great time with your cotton bandana. Find one that matches your personality. Make it uh, make it bright. Yeah. Does Willie fun. Nelson really know all of those things about the about the bandana? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if he takes it off. Well, he just... eventually he's got to turn it into a char cloth I know. and put on a new one. Uh, maybe he uses it to polish his guitar or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's use number six. <laughs> okay. This is the top six list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that one we'll just throw in for free. Well, today's backpack hack of the week is food related. It's do-it-yourself almond joy almond butter spread. It's more of a squeeze it straight into your mouth kind of thing. I don't know if I'd actually spread it on anything. (laughs) Okay, we'll call it a squeeze. A squeeze. You're just going to want to eat it. But what it is, is it's a quarter cup of almond butter, a fourth cup of chocolate chips, and a fourth cup of unsweetened coconut. And you're just going to want to heat those ingredients in a microwave for about 30 to 45 seconds till the chocolate is kind of softened and you mix that really well. And you'll want to store that in a tight-lidded jar. Or another option, which I prefer, is to put it into a bag and then seal the top of that bag with packing tape. It won't be puncture-proof or leak-proof, but it will be leak-resistant. And I've noticed with plastic bags, the leaking happens up at that zip-top part. And so I haven't had a lot of leaking issues on the side or the bottom of bags. So... If you really want to take your chances and have a really convenient snack, then just tape the top with packing tape on both sides and make sure it goes around the edges. And then you can take that with you. Double bag it for sure. Hey, actually, you know, I found some really great bags at a local grocery store that are perfect for this at Winco. And I know that's kind of a West Coast thing, but you may be able to find similar bags at other grocery stores. They're zip-top portion bags. They hold about one cup of snack mix. They're they're tall and skinny. And um, if you find them somewhere else, let us know, because I haven't found them at any other grocery store. Yeah, we'll put a picture in the show notes so you can see exactly what they look like. be really interesting to know uh, where else we can get these. This mixture is best after it's had a chance to warm up a little bit in your pocket, and it's even better when it's consumed all at once. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of makes me think it's maybe an alternative to Nutella, because it's hazelnuts mixed with chocolate, and then I'm not sure what other ingredients they have. So here you're doing almond butter mixed with chocolate, and then throwing in the coconut, which sounds great. All are very high calorie, which is perfect for a backpacking trip. Great. And so just to remember that, it's just a one-to-one ratio of those three things, right? The almond butter, the chocolate chips, and the unsweetened coconut. Well, for our backpackers Q&A this week, we have a question from fictitious listener Inez in Arkansas. Thank you, Inez. (laughs) We do have real listeners, too, and we actually get questions from them. 
And then it just takes us a little bit of time to work those questions into our uh, media calendar. So we we will have questions from real listeners coming up in upcoming episodes. But we're so grateful for Inez's question here. I it's don't want to make question. Inez feel bad. Why, just because she's fictitious, her question is invalid? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says... Freeze-dried meals are so convenient. However, I know there has to be other options besides grabbing a $10 bag of chicken a la king. Is there a place to buy freeze-dried meals in bulk or at least a discount? It seems like it would be a much better deal than buying a few ounces at a time. Signed, Inez in Arkansas. We do have some really great options for freeze-dried meals, but we're going to have you take a little quiz first. So which statement fits you best? Number one, I don't mind spending money to put good organic fuel into my body. Totally worth it. However, if you can get me a sweet deal, I'll take the saved money and put it toward a piece of luscious new gear. Number two, I want the convenience of freeze-dried food. However, I also have a car payment and a subscription to Beef Jerky of the Month Club that I'm not willing to give up. Hook me up with a deal and make it cheap and convenient. Number three, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. If I can make it myself, then step aside and give me the tools. I have a supply of quart freezer zip-top bags that has put me on a government watch list. So which one matches you? So we have the health conscious, we have the budget backpacker, and we have the do-it-yourselfer. Well, we have an answer for each of you. Number one, the health conscious. We have Mary Jane's Farm High Attitude Six Pack. Now, uh, at first glance, it looked like high altitude, but it's high attitude, and I love that. Yeah, we did a double take on that one. We had to go check the website again. High attitude. Oh, and you're going to have to do a double take on this one, too. You're getting quite a bit of food for the price. Well, yeah, run through the list. This is an amazing package of great organic food. So you're getting three pounds of outrageous Outback oatmeal, three pounds of Bavarian chocolate mousse, three pounds of black bean hummus, three pounds of chili mac, three pounds of Santa Fe pasta, and three pounds of Nick's couch potatoes. All of that food for $219, which is incredible. I want to try those uh, couch potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds... Really good. $219. It's three pounds of each of these six things. So you're talking 18 pounds of freeze-dried food. Uh, that's only $12 a pound, which is amazing for freeze-dried food. I know this is not for the budget-conscious backpacker. We have an answer for them. I mean, you're, you're getting, really, you're getting both. You're getting the health-conscious organic meals, and you're getting a great price. I mean, by comparison... The really well-known freeze-dried food companies, I think everyone would say, are Mountain House and Backpacker's Pantry. And uh, you can buy their foods in number 10 cans, and they're going to work out to about $30 to $40 a pound in that packaging. And we're talking about $12 a pound for Mary Jane's Farm. I mean, that's amazing. Plus, it's organic. Well, and the beautiful thing about this is that it's only $16 shipping for this whole package, and that's less than 10% of the cost. And Backpacker's Pantry and Mountain House have similar shipping rates, so it comes out about the same. But the cost of the food from Mary Jane's Farm is great. 
Just so you know, this is food that you will have to repackage. You won't be taking the full three pounds on the trip. You'll want to section it out into bags. Yeah, so this is just going to come in bulk bags within the package. You know, you'll get six of these bulk bags. And so then you'll need to dip into each bag and prepare your own portion. So there's a little bit of uh, do-it-yourself in there as well. Well, that's a great option for the health-conscious backpacker, plus a great price. And so that means we have an even greater price option for the budget-minded backpacker. We have the Wise Emergency Food Supply Favorites, and these are pre-packaged, so you'll get 16 meals, which is 34 ounces of food, for under $20. But here's the trick. You got to buy them through Walmart. So if you go to so if you go to wisefoodstorage.com, you won't find this great deal that we're talking about. If you go to Walmart in your local Walmart store, you'll get a good price under $20. If you go to walmart.com online, you'll get an even better price, $16 in some odd sense, like Walmart does, with free shipping. You mean I don't even have to go into Walmart? <laughs> yeah, right. You can avoid that whole experience. Just buy online from walmart.com. It'll cost less, take less of your time. So it works out to about $7.50 per pound, which is just an amazing price for freeze-dried meals. So the box says 16 meals, and you'll get four different meals, and each one of them will have four servings per package. Yeah, so we said they're prepackaged. They are, but uh, I don't know if you're going to eat four servings all in one sitting all by yourself. So this might be a great option if you're um, if there's a couple of you out backpacking and you can share a pouch and you'd each get a couple servings, which would probably be about right for a backpacking meal. Well, we also have an option for the do-it-yourselfer. What we have in mind here is that you would buy just the components that you need for freeze-dried foods. And then you could mix those with readily available stuff from the local grocery store. And so that way you can make your own meal, have more control over what goes into it, uh, make exactly what you want. And also you're going to keep the costs down because you're not using freeze-dried everything. You're just using what you need to be freeze-dried. A brand that really has a great selection of freeze-dried food is Augustin Farms, and they sell an emergency food freeze-dried vegetable variety pack, which is 70.4 ounces for under $100. So that gives you access to a selection of vegetables that you can use to make all sorts of dishes. You pick and choose the vegetables that you want to put in. And so this gives you a great opportunity to make those healthy meals that you want to and do it for a great price. Now again, on the price, this is really interesting. If you go to augustinfarms.com, you can buy this 4.4-pound uh, vegetable variety pack for $155. However, if you go to Walmart, you can get it for just under $100. But if you go to walmart.com, you can buy it online for $83 with free shipping. I don't know why that is, but... It seems like walmart.com is the place to go for at least Augustin Farms and Wise Food Company. Another thing that Augustin Farms sells that I am in love with is tomato powder. Tomato powder makes a huge difference in meals in terms of flavor, especially if you're trying to make vegan or vegetarian meals. Tomato powder really takes the place of that 
um, intense flavor that meat can offer in a dish. You can use it to make spaghetti sauce. You can use it to make pizza sauce, enchiladas, taco seasoning, or uh, a salsa flavoring. You can use it to make minestrone soup. I mean, just add it to anything and you're going to get that rich, hearty flavor that makes that makes food taste so good. So freeze-dried food typically has a really long shelf life, 20 to 30 years. It's incredible. However, once you open the packets, that food instantly starts absorbing moisture from the air, and that decreases their shelf life significantly. Not everything at Augustine Farms is freeze-dried. Some of their foods are just dehydrated. There's a difference. You know, with freeze-drying, real simply put, they freeze the food so that then when they get the water out of it, it doesn't shrink and it leaves those holes or those pores where it's very easy for the water to get back in when you rehydrate it. With traditionally dehydrated food, it all kind of shrinks and shrivels up as the water comes out. And then when you go to rehydrate it, it's harder for the water to get back into the food, so it takes longer. So if you buy traditionally dehydrated food, you're going to wait 20 minutes or so for that to become palatable again, compared to freeze-dried food, which will just take a few minutes to rehydrate. Well, you know, this discussion of freeze-dried food, freeze-dried meals really um, kind of makes me think back to my Boy Scout days and the various meals that we took on our trips. I wasn't clued into the idea of really looking at the calorie density of the food that we packed in our backpacks. But I think the, the most memorable low-calorie density meal that I took was actually intentional. My younger brother was also in Scouts, and it was his birthday this weekend. And uh, so I decided I wanted to pack something special for his birthday for everyone to eat. So I packed something that weighs in at nine calories per ounce, which is like <laughs> almost nothing. <laughs> in terms of calorie density. It was a watermelon. Oh. Of course, I had to pack a knife to go with it so we could cut it. But um, it was very enjoyable. It just not, I, I wouldn't recommend it unless you're um, up for the challenge of carrying something really heavy that doesn't have any calories. So all of these options we've covered today are really good options for backpacking meals. Well, we have a little trail wisdom for you today from our good friend, John Keats. He said, the poetry of the earth is never dead. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, like us on Facebook or review us on iTunes. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. trail but you may not be able to spart spart <laughs> you may not the poetry of the earth is never dead <laughs> one more time <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs>